All right, so who's ready for part two of Strong and Courageous? Is anybody ready for this? I am, I, if you can't tell, I'm like super jazzed about this series. Um, I've been wanting to preach this series for a long time. In fact, during the whole Wait For It series, uh, I was waiting to preach this. So uh, here we are, ready to go. If you uh, were not able to make it out last week, I would invite you to go onto our website and watch last week's sermon because it was a kickoff uh, to this Strong and Courageous series. And what we, what we found in that, in that sermon was that sometimes we can be strong and not courageous. Uh, sometimes we can be courageous and not strong. Sometimes we can be not strong and not courageous, right? I mean, sometimes we, right? But, but God is saying to each and every one of you, what I want for you in 2019, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous because that's how we move forward in life when we are strong and when we are courageous. So we explored the first nine verses of Joshua chapter one last week. Uh, that's kind of the whole introductory part of this series. Um, and in, in three times in those nine verses, God said to Joshua, Joshua, be strong and be courageous. And then a couple lines later, be strong and be courageous. And then, oh, hey, by the way, Joshua, be strong and be courageous. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to spend uh, today just looking at the very first two verses. So I want to read the first two verses of that passage to you, and then we're going to apply it to our lives as we, as we push into 2019. And here's what it says. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aide, in other words, Moses's servant, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. So we've already seen three times in this first sentence and a half that God refers to his leaders as servants. Moses, my servant. Joshua, Moses' aide. Uh, Moses, my servant. He keeps referring to them as his servant because servanthood is a prerequisite to leadership. Come on, somebody. Servanthood is a prerequisite. If you want to lead, you start by serving. If you want to have authority in life, you start by assisting. You always grow into leadership through serving somebody else in an area of your strength, in an area of their need, to the glory of God. So, Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, now then you. Somebody say, now then you. There we go. And all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them. So, I'm just going to focus on those two verses this morning. Uh, and we're going to explore how we can apply these to our lives. So let's take a moment, let's pray together, and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together. Thank you for your challenge. Thank you for your call to us to be strong and courageous, to live out the life that you've called us to live, to lean into what you have for us, God, and to step forward in the areas of life that you would have us step forward in, to, to pursue you, to pursue the potential that you have built into our life and to pursue the purposes that you have designed for us from before the beginning of the foundation of the earth. God, I ask that your presence would be here. I pray that your spirit would be here with us, among us, would open our ears to hear, I'll open my mouth to speak your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So when I was um, a kid, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was afraid of heights. I was terribly afraid of heights. I was very afraid of heights. Now, there's a certain degree of fear of heights that is instinctual and good um, because, you know, for obvious reasons, you don't want children walking off of the edges of things. So, so there's a certain, uh, you know, degree of fear that's healthy. 
there's another degree of fear that becomes debilitating and it becomes unhealthy. And I was sort of teetering in as a kid on that level of fear. Uh, we would go up in an e- elevator and I would have to hide my face because if, if you could see out the elevator, I would, you know, those glass elevators, I would be terrified. We'd go over a bridge and my gut would just tighten up and, and you know, we'd go climbing or do anything that involved heights and I would get really, really, really nervous. Anybody else have that? in Acrophobia, they call it. So anyway, I was pretty darn scared of heights. And um, so one day, my dad comes to me and, and you know, he, he decides he's going to help me face this fear. Uh, because, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't go on roller coasters. There's a lot of things I couldn't do. I just, you know. And so he decides to, you know, let, help, help his son, 16-year-old, face this fear. So he says, hey, son, um, how about we go skydiving? And, uh, you know, the one thing worse than, than being terrified of doing something uh, is letting your dad know that you're terrified of doing the thing, right? So I go, that sounds great, dad. Let's do it. Um, so he calls up a, a uh, you know, a, a skydiving place and he gets us ready to go and we go out to the skydiving place. In fact, I got a picture. My mom sent me a picture this week. This is me and my dad. At the, sky, at the skydiving place. And, you know, you can see, like, he's all cool. He's chill. He's relaxed. He's just talking about stuff, shooting the breeze. I don't know if you can tell, but over here, this is me, and um, I'm not feeling it right there in that picture. I'm, I'm just a little distressed. Um, but I'm, I'm glad for the opportunity to try to move in this direction, right? Um, so they do this training with us. And, I mean, honestly, the training... The very first thing they say is, okay, guys, what we're going to start with, we're going to teach you how to fall. That was, their, that, was the, that was the beginning of their training. And I thought, that's kind of a dumb thing to learn. Because if I have to know how to fall, when I'm falling from 3,500 feet, like, it doesn't matter how I fall. Like, it's just, it's not going to help. But no, they give us all this training about how to fall and roll and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, the whole time, you know, I'm terrified, I'm freaking out, I'm shaking. We go into the airplane. Um, you know, they teach us everything that, you, you know, that you're supposed to know. We get into the airplane, and these, this airplane, I don't know if my dad got it like a Groupon or something or whatever, but it was like, it was just this little, like, tin can of, a, of an airplane. There were no seats, and, and the, only three people could fit in it. Actually, four. There was a pilot, there was a jump instructor, and then there was my dad, and there was me. And it was one of these little prop planes, and they started up. It actually sounded like a go-kart. It's like, seriously, we're going to fly up in this thing? And we're hunched in this plane, like, where there's no seats. So we're, like, on the floor, like, you know, in this plane. You can see the rivets in the metal. I mean, I remember this so clearly. It's like, seriously, this is a terrible idea. So we, we, we go down the runway, and we take off, and we're up in the sky, and, you know, my dad is chilling. I mean, he's talking to the jump instructor, joking around, having a good time. I'm trying to, I'm like, is there anywhere I can throw up where nobody would notice? You know, um, then they open the door. You get to about 3,500 feet. They open the door. Now imagine, just imagine you're up 3,500 feet. You're not buckled in. You're in like a tin can, you know, and the door opens and the wind is flying in and that's you. You know, if you hit a bump of air or something, I felt like, you know, you just fall out. I'm terrified. I'm getting scared right now just thinking about this. Um, so, so anyway, they say, uh, all right, so they tell my dad, so he's going to go first. They say, okay, you know, are you ready? Yeah. All right, put your feet out. So he puts his feet out over the edge of the door, 
hanging over the door. They say, reach out and grab the strut of the airplane. So there's a little strut, you know, that connects the wing to the body of the plane. So he grabs it. And they say, okay, now pull yourself out. So he pulls himself out. And I'm, I'm over here just like, this is crazy. And then they say, okay, now let your feet go. So he lets his feet go. So now he's literally hanging from the strut of an airplane. I'm not joking, you guys. He's hanging from the strut of an airplane by his hands, his feet dangling 3,500 feet above the earth. And then they go, all right, let go. And he lets go. And like disappears from my view. And I'm just completely freaking out. Like, is he alive? Is he, they got a picture of him actually flying. That's my dad. It's a little grainy. That's him, 3,500 feet above the earth. And I'm then going, wait, did he, did he, you know, did the chute open or like what's going on, you know? And the, and the instructor is, you know, looking out the window and his chute opened um, and he's floating down towards the earth or whatever. And then I remember this is the moment because then the instructor turns to me. He's got a big smile on his face, <laughs> kind of leans forward a little bit. And he says two words. He says, your turn. (laughs) So today, God is saying to you, he's saying to me, he's saying to Joshua, hey, Joshua, your turn. Turn to somebody, lean in, smile and say, your turn. Tell him. Here's what I'm going to assume about you if you are here today. There are a lot of things I won't assume, but here are the few things that I am going to assume. I am going to assume that if you are, if you're here today, if you took the time to to get out of your warm bed and get into your cold car or your cold bus or the cold metro or walking on the cold sidewalk, however you got here, you, you, there's something about you that wants to move forward in life. There's something about you that says, I don't want to stay where I am. I, am, I don't want to be in the status quo that I'm in. I want to take some steps to go further than where I am right now. If you're a Christian, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I actually want to step into God's promises for my life. I believe that God has a future for me and a destiny, and I want to step into those uh, th- that future and that destiny. If you're not a Christian, if you're, if you're here today and you're not a believer, my, I'm still going to assume that you, you acknowledge there's a potential that you have not yet reached in your life. That there's some, there's some areas to grow in. There's more to experience. There's more to, to develop. There's more, there's, you know, there's some, there's some room for you to grow. And if that's not you, if you just are here today and you're like, I'm perfectly happy with my life. The status quo is good for me. I don't want to go any further. I'm totally fine. Then I hope you are enjoying the free coffee and I hope you enjoyed the music, but this won't apply to you. But to the rest of us, we want to move forward, right? I'm also going to assume this. There are impediments that, that sometimes prohibit you from moving forward. There are obstacles in your path that sometimes stop you either internally or externally from moving forward into what God has for you or moving forward into your potential. For some of you, those impediments might be anxiety or fear. Like you are, as you think about the future, you're nervous about it. You're, you're, you're spending time worrying about what God has for you in the future and whether you can get there. I, I mean, some of you are probably, have probably had these moments where you actually imagine yourself in a future where everything has unraveled and gone wrong, right? 
even if it's just in a certain situation. Like you imagine, in fact, I do this all the time. I mean, I do this all the time. Sometimes I will worry about something and I will imagine an outcome that makes me fearful. And 99.9% of the time, if I were to look back after the outcome, I go, man, all of the things that I was worried about, all of the things that I was anxious about, all of the things that I was afraid of, none of those things happened, right? So, but sometimes fear and anxiety prevents us from moving forward. Sometimes it's a wound. Sometimes it's a pain from our past. Something that happened to you, somebody misused you, somebody mistreated you, somebody abused you, somebody, somebody harmed you, somebody ignored you, somebody abandoned you, and you carry that wound with you, and that wound makes it hard for you to move forward. It makes it hard for you to move forward because the safest thing for you to do is to not do anything because you don't want to get wounded again. And so you stop yourself from moving forward because you want to prevent the pain of being wounded when you take a step forward. Some of you, the anxiety comes from not because somebody wounded you, it's because you had at some point in your life made a series of bad decisions that harmed you. And now you don't trust yourself to make decisions going forward. Like you, you blew up a perfectly good relationship. It was a good relationship and you made some decisions and some choices and man, you just, it went south. Sometimes you can even, some of you can even trace it back, trace some of the, your negative experiences back to a, a particular decision that you made. Maybe you had an opportunity to advance your education and you made a decision to go a different way. Or maybe it was a financial decision and you go, that was the moment where things went bad. Uh, or maybe it was a, a, a move and you go, you know what, if we hadn't have moved at that point, if we hadn't have done that, then my life would have turned out better, right? And so you, it was not somebody else, it was you. You made some decisions and they were not good decisions and, they're, and for some reason or other, you're holding on to those and those are keeping you from moving forward in life. That's what I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume that all of us want to move forward, but all of us have obstacles in our path that prevent us from moving forward. And what God says to Joshua in this passage is so powerful. And I want to just convey it. I want to deliver to you some very powerful and practical truths about how you can move past those obstacles, those impediments, those things that are stopping you from experiencing what God has for you and into your potential. I want to explore from this passage what what God says to Joshua about moving forward. So look at how it starts. I want to just start with this. It says this. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord, now notice this, said to Joshua. So before we even get to what he said, I want to spend just a moment on the fact that he said something to Joshua and that Joshua heard what he said and Joshua received what he said because everything is going to begin with God's instruction for you. You cannot move forward in a healthy, productive way unless God has clarified for you what that healthy and productive way is. So we can move in all directions, but unless we're hearing from the Lord, we don't know if we're moving forward or if we're moving backwards or if we're moving sideways or if this is a lateral move. We don't know. We've got to hear from God. So the very first thing that I'm seeing in this passage is receive his instructions. Joshua received God's instruction. The Lord said to Joshua, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little technical example here. This little microphone that I'm speaking into, it's just a teeny little microphone right here. It's got a little cord. That cord goes down my back and it hooks onto a little transmitter box right here on my belt. 
okay? And that transmitter is emitting a signal through the air. You can't see it, but it's happening. And it's landing on a receiver back in the back. Is it in the back, Dave? Okay, so, so it's in the back. And, and our audio team is, is, is in charge of it, and they're amazing. How about it for our audio team? Are you guys awesome? You can join their team today if you have any technical acumen. Now, if, you got, if you're like me, don't join their team because you'll just blow things up and destroy all the electronics. But, but if you're good at that, there's a good team. Um, so so it, this is emitting a signal. If that thing is not attuned to this signal, then nothing happens. I can talk, I can, and nothing will happen. You will not hear it. It will not come through these speakers. But if the receiver is attuned to the transmitter, if it's attuned to receive what's coming through this transmitter, right, now I can whisper. I can whisper as quietly as I need to, and you can still hear me, right? What God is saying to Joshua, what I think he's saying to you is, I want you to be a receiver, I want you to have your antennas up. I want you to be attuned with the voice of God because God is trying to transmit his truth to you in a lot of different ways. He's trying to transmit it to you through his word. He's trying to transmit it through you through sermons. He's trying to transmit it uh, to you through life groups. He's trying to transmit it to you through prayer. But in order for you to hear, to receive what God has for you, you've got to be attuned to it. You've got to be willing to open up and receive it. In fact, I love what the prophet Isaiah said about it like this. He said, incline your ear and come to me. This is, this is God speaking through Isaiah, Isaiah to you. Incline your ear. That means stretch out your ear. That means attune yourself. That means focus your attention on me and hear so that your soul may live. There's a phenomenon, um, and some of you may have experienced this in life. It's called selective auditory attention. Anybody, just from the three words, anybody know what I'm talking about? Why is it all, all the men, all the men raise their hands, right? Selective auditory attention, which means there can be a lot of information coming in, but you're not hearing all of it. Well, now the wives are all like, nah. right? I mean, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. I've never had this happen, but so I've heard that some other people have, where somebody's talking to you, and then suddenly you hear them say, did you hear anything that I just said to you? That's what you hear. That's the only part that you hear. And then you go, yes, I heard what you said to me. And then you try really hard to assemble the noises and the little words that might have been floating around in the, somewhere in the back of your mind and you try to come up with what they may have just said right before they said that sentence. Anybody with me on that? Yeah, that's called selective auditory attention. God is saying, look, I need you to incline your ear to me, which means you got to drown some other stuff out, which means you have to select some other noises out of your life. There's some, there's some, you know, Facebook and Instagram are good, all right? These are good tools of communication. But sometimes you have to select those out so you can spend time hearing from God. Sometimes it's, you've you got to select some voices in your life from people in your life that are not bringing you, uh, they're not speaking to you out of the Spirit. They're not speaking to you out of the fruit of the Spirit. They're speaking to you out of the flesh. And you need to selectively not listen to them anymore. Come on, somebody, right? And you've got to focus your attention on hearing what God has. If you really want to move forward, then you've got to receive what God has to say to you. Jesus put it like this. He said this. He said, my sheep hear my 
voice. And I know them, and they follow me. If you're a follower of Jesus, we incline our ear, we listen, we receive what God has for us. Today, that might be the thing for you, that this is your one thing that God is saying to you in this service today. I want you to pause, I want you to stop, I want you to select out some of the noises that you've been listening to, and I want you to spend some time with me. I want you to, you know, maybe you, maybe you come to the prayer room before service. Maybe you come to 21 days of prayer. Maybe you go on our website and go to the scripture team and start reading the word of God. Start opening it up. If you don't know where to start, I'll just tell you, start with the gospel of John. All right? Just start there. Just open the, find the gospel of John. You can Google it. Gospel of John. And start reading it. You know, just start spending some time receiving what God has for you because that's how Joshua began his whole journey. That's the very first sentence in the first chapter of the first book of Joshua. It said that God said to Joshua, we've got to receive it. We've got to receive it. Now, look at what he says to him. This is interesting. So it says, the Lord said to Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you. Moses, my servant is dead. There's a past. Now then you, there's a future. But in order to go into the future, here's what he's saying. Write this down. You've got to release the past. In order to move into the future, you've got to release some of the past. Some of the things that you have been spending your time on, thinking about. Uh, Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a methodology that actually worked for you in the past. But it's not working for you now. It's not getting you where you need to go. God used Moses very effectively. Moses was the greatest prophet in his time. No prophet walked the earth greater than Moses at the time of Moses' life. He was incredibly effective. But at a certain point, God said, Moses is dead. In fact, in the scripture, we find they don't even know where he was buried. Because we don't don't want to go up and, and we don't want to go dig up the bones of Moses and start worshiping the past. Right? He says... Moses is dead, now then you. Now, here's, here's what makes it hard for Joshua. Because God is telling Joshua, I want you to go into uh, and take the, you know, cross the river, take the, the, the land that I promised you, I want you to move forward. Here's a problem with Joshua. 40 years earlier, Joshua had advocated that we go in, cross the river, and take the land. 40 years earlier. There had been 12 spies that Moses sent into the land. And he told him, go in, look at the land, do a reconnaissance, come back, tell me what you find. Ten of those spies came back and said, we can't do it. They're too big. We're like grasshoppers and they're like giants. This is terrifying. We cannot do this. But Joshua, 40 years earlier, as a very young man, said, hey, Moses, I think we can do it. I I think we can make it because God is with us and I think we can do it. And you know what the scripture says? This is in Numbers 14. You can look it up. You know what the people did when Joshua did that 40 years earlier as a young man? They picked up stones to stone him. They almost killed him for saying, let's go forward. Let's do this. So now 40 years later, Moses is dead. And God's saying, Joshua, I want you to do this. Moses is, or Joshua is going to have a little hesitation. Because last time he tried to do this, it didn't go so well. Sometimes we got to release the past. There's some fear that you're holding on to. There's some shame that you're holding on to. There's some regret that you're holding on to. There are some ideas. Some of you have, and I I feel, I feel this very strongly. Some of you have a recurring thought. 
in your mind that has been running around your brain for so daggone long, it just feels, it feels true to you. It feels real. It's just part of who you are. And you know what? It's a lie. It's not real. It's not good. It's not the word of God. And so you got to release, you got to acknowledge what those things are and you got to release them. Sometimes you, sometimes you can get into a pattern of thought or a pattern of behavior or a pattern of belief that is not of God. And unless you're willing to release that, you cannot move forward into what God has for you. That's for somebody. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's me. But that's, that's the reality, all right? We used to have these things at, at a park in my house when I was a little kid near my house. And it was like this long row of swings, but they were hand swings. It was like, it was like a jungle gym. They had like a chain and then like a little thing for your hand, you know? And you would, you would, have, you would swing forward like this and then you would, like Tarzan. It was like Tarzan. Then you let that one go and you try to grab the next one. The most terrifying part of it was letting the, the back one go because that meant that you're gonna have to rely on one arm for the next, for, you know, until you can grab the other one, right? But you couldn't move forward on the swing unless you let go of the swing that you were just on. God is saying to somebody today, hey, let go of that so that you can go get this, all right? Let go of that so you can go grab this because I've got some places for you to go, but you're gonna have to let go of some stuff. Here's what, here's what the scripture says. Uh, this is the apostle Paul writing to the Philippians. He said, Brother, I do not, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't made it. I haven't, I haven't made it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is going forward. This is letting go of some past and moving forward into the future, letting go of the past, letting go of an old methodology, an old thought pattern, an old uh, attitude that worked for you in the past and, and it doesn't work for you now and move forward into what God has for you. My wife watches uh, Marie Kondo. Anybody know Marie Kondo? Tidying up your house or something like this. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I've never watched it. But she says, it's like a decluttering show. You know, like she teaches you how to fold your socks properly and stuff like this. I, some of you guys are like, dude, what are you even talking about? But those of you who have watched it, you guys are rabid fans. Because it's like everywhere I go, people are talking about her. Anyway. Marie Kondo and what she says is you're trying to get rid of some things in your life and maybe that thing was a good you know like an old t-shirt that you know you've had since junior high and it's a great t-shirt you love that t-shirt but you know what it's time to let that t-shirt go right some of you are like no it's not it's not time at all it's not time that's my best shirt but anyway what she says is you take the item this is not sparking my joy apparently like this is like I I gotta let this thing go you thank it thank you t-shirt for all of the times that you have, you know, been on me and, and now I'm going to release you t-shirt to somebody else so that you can move on so that we can have a little more room in my drawer so I can get a new shirt and put it in here. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, I don't know, that's a great example, but sometimes we got to, we got to let some stuff go. Even if it was useful to you at a time in your life and you go, you know what? This was a good thing. Not everything that you have to let go are bad things. Moses wasn't a bad thing. Moses was an amazing thing. But you can't hold on to Moses because Moses didn't get you into the land. He got you out of slavery, but he didn't get you into the promised land. So we got to thank you, Moses, for what you did. But now we got to move this way, Joshua, into what God has for you. You see what I'm saying? Amen, somebody. All right. All right. 
Uh, last verse on that, it says this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So God is saying, let's go forward. Let's move forward. All right. So it says in the, in the scripture, it says, now then you and all these people. So he's still speaking to Joshua. We're still in the first two verses of this, of this passage. Isn't this awesome? I could go back and preach a whole different sermon on these two verses. This stuff is so rich. This is like, this is like a feast. Okay. This is like a meal. Now then he said, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. Okay, 40 years they've been wandering around, not getting ready to cross the Jordan River, right? So when God is talking to us, he's saying, first of all, you know, I need you to receive my instruction, all right? I need you to release some of the past, and then I need you to respond to my commands. I I need you to respond to what I'm calling you to do. That's the third one, is respond. Go ahead and put that up. Respond to his command. So God is saying, look, it's not enough for you just to receive it, because you can receive it and not respond to it, okay? It's not enough for you to receive it and then release the past. I mean, that's good, but that's not going to get you all the way in. But he said, look, I need you to actually do this. It's time to cross the river. For 40 years, you guys have had your toes up to the water, but you haven't crossed in. And eventually, he says, I got to have you respond. I need you to take the step. I need you to dip your toe in the water. In a couple weeks, I'm going to preach about this. And what's interesting is that the waters didn't part until their feet touched the water. In other words, the water didn't part before they reached out, before they took the step. The scripture actually says that when their feet touched the water, then the waters spread and they were able to walk across. So he's saying, look, I want you to respond. I want you to respond. I'm in this little tin can of an airplane. And the rivets are rattling and the wind is blowing. And my father is far, far away now. Moses has jumped out of the plane. (laughs) And the instructor has said, it's your turn, you know. And so I, you know, with fear coursing through my veins, put my feet out on the little step, put my hands out on the strut, pull myself out into the wind. He says, take your feet off the strut. My boots are dangling 3,500 feet above the ground, holding on to the strut. And then he says, let go. And let me just tell you, letting go in that moment was the, probably the hardest thing that I had ever done up to that point in my life. But actually, what he told us beforehand is once you've gotten to that, it's more dangerous to get back in the plane than it is to let go. In fact, we won't let you back in the plane. We'll peel your fingers off the strut. <laughs> so, so I let go. And man, I mean, you know, set about seven seconds later, my chute opened. And I'm, now I'm floating above the earth. Now, let me just tell you, I said the name Jesus more times. <laughs> It wasn't, I couldn't get past the beginning of the prayer. It wasn't like, Jesus, will you please make sure I'm saying it was just like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Seriously. So glad they were not recording that. But I was just like, yeah. And I finally made it all the way down. And I landed. And I didn't have to practice my falling technique. I actually landed on my feet. This is me and my dad afterwards. And we're feeling pretty good. I'm feeling. (laughs) So now here's the question. Did it completely eradicate all of my fears and phobias and anxieties? Did it make me not afraid of uh, heights anymore? No, 
It, it didn't have the effect of, of completely eradicating fear out of my life. But what it did do was it gave me the strength, the courage to know that I can face the fear, acknowledge the fear, and keep walking through the fear. Because that's what courage is. That's what courage, it doesn't mean the absence of fear. It means the recognition of fear. Um, let me just give you a quote. Dr. King said it like this. this is, we're celebrating him this weekend. Courage is the power of the mind to overcome fear. Doesn't mean that fear is gone. It just means, that's what God is saying to somebody. He's saying, I want you to be strong and courageous. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you won't have fear. In fact, that means you will have fear. Because you don't need courage unless there's something to be afraid of. Right? So he's not saying, I'm just going to make everything clear for you so you don't have to be afraid. He's saying, you will be afraid, and I want you to have courage to walk it out, to walk through it, to respond to it, to move ahead in life. I'm going to give you three ways to respond, and then we're going to close. Number one is this, pray. Take the time to hear God's voice. I gave you these three two weeks ago, so they're the same as I gave you two weeks ago, and I might give them to you again next week. Pray. Take the time to receive what God has for you, whether it's in a, in a life group, whether it's at the, in the prayer room, 21 days of prayer on your own, spending some time in prayer and meditation on your own. Spend some time receiving, attuning your ear to what God has to say. Pray. Number two is this, serve. Every person serving. You actually move forward in life when you are serving somebody else in an area of your strength, in an area of their need to the glory of God. It's a step forward for you. Serve on your job. Serve in your church. Serve in your community. Uh, our dream team uh, leader, Carol Cloud, is out in the lobby. She's, gonna, she's got a table out there. She, you can sign up. If you're not on the team, find a place to serve. And do it in an area of your strength. Don't do it in an area of your weakness. All right? Don't sign up if you're a, if you're a real you know, gregarious person that's not a detail person, don't sign up to be an administrator, right? Just don't do that. Sign up to be a welcome team leader or a, or a seater, welcome team member. Um, but find a place to plug in. Find a place to serve somebody. That's a step that God has taken us into. In fact, it's a prerequisite for us to grow in, in our ability, in our leadership, and in our, uh, in our faith, in our faith walk. Every person serving. And the third one is this, Give give every person giving everybody has something to give everybody has something to give whether great or small and your life becomes enriched when you help to enrich other people when you help to bring hope and healing and restoration to somebody who's in need so so pour out of your life this is a biblical principle that is so deep and so rich that that I just even if you're not a believer, even if you are fundamentally opposed to churches, but you're here just like, you know, on a reconnaissance mission, and you, but you would never give to a church, give to something. Give somewhere. Because you, your life is enriched when you begin to give. When you begin to pour out of your abundance to help somebody else. To, and for Christians, it's to expand Christ's kingdom. It's an act of gratitude by saying, thank you God for all you've given me, I'm giving some back to you. It's an act of trust by saying, I know that you've got my future in your hands. It's an act of partnership where you say, I want to partner with the vision of moving things forward in your kingdom for what you have for me. I want us, I want us to cross this river. So I want to invite everybody, pray, serve, give, get plugged in, 
Get involved. Take a step. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is saying to you today in 2019, be strong. Be courageous. Let me pray for you. God, you're so good. You're so, so good. Your word is so rich. So powerful. You open up our lives, God. You you, you pierce. Your word pierces deep into our heart. It exposes our pain, our fear, our weakness, our shame, our guilt. It draws it out. And then by the power of your grace, you absolve us. By your blood, we are cleansed. We are healed. We are freed. We are delivered. We won't go back to wandering in the wilderness of life. We're going to cross the river into what you have for us. God, I pray for every single person in this place today that they would be strong and they would be courageous. They would not be afraid to move forward into what you have for them. Speak into their hearts in ways that I never could. By the power of your spirit, speak to us today. Give us the strength and the courage to step into what you have for us. We pray this to your honor, to your praise, and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.